This week, I've got advice for a young man who wants to be a business broker who wants my advice on how he can better close deals as a broker. I'm David C. Barnett, and you're tuned in to Small Business and Deal Making, the podcast, YouTube channel, and blog where I talk about buying, selling, financing, and managing small and medium sized businesses while controlling risk. So if you're looking to take control of your future through buying a business one day, or if you already own a business and you're looking to grow or exit, you've come to the right place. I talk about interesting things, I talk to interesting people, and I answer your questions every week right here. So be sure to hit like and be sure to hit subscribe, and let's get to it. Are you thinking of growing your business or beginning a journey into entrepreneurship? Take a shortcut to success by buying an existing and profitable business the right way. Visit businessbuyeradvantage.com and learn more about my online training, group coaching, and consulting services designed to help you win. All right. So let me read you the, the email that I received. It says, um, I applied for a business brokerage position. Uh, during the interview, it didn't go so well. Um, he said, however, the interviewer mentioned that I was doing all the right things and that there's hope for me to secure a role in the future. And then here's the request. He says, could you please create a video on how to effectively close deals as a business broker? Uh, and what questions should I ask both the seller and the buyer to close the deal? When should I try and close the deal? He mentioned that many business brokers struggle with closing. In about six months to a year, I'd like to approach the firm or another one in my city and demonstrate that I have a basic understanding of closing deals and the right questions to ask. While there are great closing videos on YouTube, they aren't specific to business brokerage. Um, and uh, thank you very much. And this is from a prospective business broker uh, who wrote in and we won't identify where he is. But uh, I thought it was a great question because of course, when you think about sales, you know, like what's that famous movie, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, you know, like they're trying to sell the land or whatever down in Florida, the swamp land. Um, or you think of any kind of great sales video, you know, there's a lot of examples where people are like, you know, sell me this stapler or whatever. And you think about a salesperson um, basically like demonstrating value or talking about features, advantages and benefits of a given product. And that if you ask the right questions and you position it correctly, that the other party is going to say, yeah, I want that. Uh, and you're going to make the sale. Well, a business brokerage is a little bit different than that because you're not selling a static known commodity. You're selling something that uh, changes from day to day. It's a business, right? And what the buyer perceives as the value uh, may not always strictly be about the numbers. So, so let's talk about the business brokerage role because in business brokerage, uh, there's not one sale. There's two, right? Uh, business brokers operate in what some people describe as a two-sided marketplace. So the very first sale that a business broker has to make uh, is to a business owner. And so the business broker has to go to that owner and describe the service that they provide and how they're going to help that owner uh, sell the business for more money or sell the business more quickly uh, or sell the business to a better buyer, et cetera. You know, there's a lot of different uh, reasons why business brokers can position their service as being advantageous to a business owner, right? And then they're going to explain what they're going to charge for that service. And the business owner has to make a decision about whether or not they want to participate in that offer. Now, in that sale, we're very much talking about the sale of a professional service. 
So just like in the way that an accountant or an attorney or an architect or any kind of uh, professional service provider, any kind of consultant is going to make a presentation about what they do and how it's going to benefit the client. That's the same kind of thing that a business broker would have to do. And I would imagine that there's all kinds of stuff on YouTube that you could find that would kind of be adaptable to that scenario. Okay. So then once the business is listed for sale, what, what's this big closing that, uh, that our, our writer is referring to? He's talking about the deal closing of actually selling the business, that piece of inventory. And so here's the, the very first thing that I'd like to throw out there is that business brokers don't close deals. Business brokers help buyers and sellers close deals. So this really is an effort that has to be made between those two parties. And, you know, there's all kinds of ways that the broker facilitates and kind of paves the road for those two parties to be able to come together and make their deal happen. So what kind of things do should a business broker be thinking about when they're trying to pave that road to make it easier for the buyer and seller? Well, I think it's really easy just to consider what causes deals to derail, right? Um, and I can pretty much summarize it in, in one point. It's when things come up that people don't expect that upset them, right? That's, that's when deals are going to get derailed. So if a buyer, you know, says something and then the, the seller finds out later that that's untrue uh, and there's a loss of trust, right? That could derail the deal. If a seller represents something about the business that the buyer later discovers to be not quite accurate, then that can upset the trust and derail the deal, right? And so trust is one of the biggest things that has to be developed between the buyer and the seller. And the business broker is fundamental in helping to create that relationship. So how do you do this? Through number one, setting expectations, and number two, vetting and conveying information in as accurate a way as possible, okay? So after the business owner signs up with the business broker, the business broker usually is then going to do some kind of evaluation and create a package that is presented to buyers. So this is called a business profile or a SIM, goes by different names, but basically it's going to be this document that kind of tells the story of the business and has all kinds of great information about the business, basic stuff like when they're open, when they're closed. You know, if there's customer concentration, you're gonna have financial information in there. So you might have, for example, exhibits showing uh, you know normalized financial performance maybe, or maybe just sort of top level financial performance with uh, a lot of large categories, you know, not a lot of things broken out, no specifics, but just an idea like here is the revenue over several years. Here's the cost of goods sold over several years. Here are the expenses or, you know, maybe broken out into labor and a couple other key things. Um, you know, here's the location of the business. Here's some photos. Uh, here's, you know, they have a rent uh, lease locked in for the next so many years, that kind of stuff, right? And so the broker needs to make sure that that information is as accurate as possible. Uh, in the last month, I probably had three different occasions where uh, buyers have looked at information from brokers and then brokers have issued entirely new SIMs saying we discovered a whole bunch of errors, right? That's not good. I mean, that really undermines the buyer's confidence in what they're looking at, right? And then they start to question, 
is it the broker that didn't put it together right the first time? Or is the seller not able to furnish reliable information? Both of those things could be red flags for the, on the part of a buyer. So we want to set expectations so that the broker's got to put together all that information in as accurate a way as possible. And usually these things are covered with, by disclaimers that say, the broker hasn't audited this, the broker hasn't investigated this, you know, the seller is responsible for all the information. Um, I think if you're a good broker, you should be, you know, measuring things up with your own yardstick and taking a look at things and asking if it really makes sense. Like a good business broker should know that the average, you know, profit margin, uh, gross profit margin in a given industry is a certain amount. And if you see a number that's, you know, significantly off from that number, you should be pushing back and saying, hey, the industry average is this. How come you're off by so much, right? Um, because a business broker could be used by someone trying to commit a fraud, right? I mean, somebody could create erroneous data, feed it to a broker, use the broker's reputation uh, to help them find a buyer that they could then take advantage of, right? And if you're a business broker, that's not the kind of story you want circulating about you and your firm. So broker should put the information together, get ready to meet that buyer. And in doing so, in preparing to get ready for this, the, the seller also has to be prepared for what an offer is going to look like. Okay. So, you know, what does this mean? It means, well, if in general businesses are being sold with some amount of down payment and some amount of bank financing and some amount of seller financing, the seller should not learn about seller financing the day an offer comes in. When I was a business broker, I used to tell sellers about seller financing the day they met me. I would say, if you want me to sell your business, please understand that in 99% of cases, businesses are sold with some degree of financing on the part of the seller. And so you will not be paid in full on closing day. I would, I would lay it out like that. And if they didn't like that, I didn't want to work with them because it meant that a reasonable offer coming in the front door might not be accepted because they weren't being a reasonable seller. And so the broker's got to set expectations on the part of the seller. What I would do is I would do an evaluation of the business. I would say, you know, I think I can sell your business for, you know, six hundred and seventy thousand uh, dollars, and so therefore we should ask seven forty nine, right? Because we're going to have some amount of negotiation here, and then I would pull out an offer form and I would say, let me show you kind of like what an offer might look like, and I would fill in the offer form for about seventy five percent of that asking price, right? And I would say, we have added some cushion to this because we know we're going to negotiate. So we know that an offer is not going to be for the full asking price. And so I kind of like set the expectation. I said, here's what an offer might look like. And these are the ways that you might counter propose against this offer. So they'd already been primed up. They already kind of knew what was going to happen. And I would describe to them what the interaction with the buyer was going to be. I would, I would just say that I would find a buyer, send them on a secret shopper mission, perhaps to go and visit the business. And that when I met with that buyer, I was also going to be preparing that buyer with an expectation of what this negotiation was going to look like. So I was even more sort of radical with the buyers. This was a trick that I learned from Sunbelt founder, uh, Ed Pendarvis back in the early 2000s. Um, I would sit down with a buyer after they had met the owner of the business. Then I had shown them my business profile document. I would go through the document with them. This was on paper in those days. 
but you could easily do this on, on Zoom. And, you know, I just said, I would go through it with them. Don't fire off SIMs and CBPs by emails, by email. Don't do it. You want to have a meeting with your buyer. You want to go through it. You want to talk about the different sections. You want to point things out to them. You, you want to make sure they understand the information, right? Just firing off a 50-page PDF to someone is, quite frankly, lazy. So I would sit down with them and I would go through it after they had met the seller. So they already had a good idea of what running the business was going to be like. They had an idea of who the seller was. They had heard their story from the seller. Now we're going to go through the information in the, in the profile and I'm going to make sure they understand everything. And then before they went, I would pull out an offer to purchase and I would write up an offer for half the asking price. I would say, when you're going to make an offer, this is how you do it. And I would say, let's imagine you're going to offer half. And then I would start filling it in. You're going to put a down payment. You're going to borrow something from the bank. Maybe that's going to be tied to the value of the assets in the business. And then we're going to ask the seller to finance some part of the transaction uh, subject to offset. And, you know, I would, I would go through it and read everything, let them know that, you know, their offer was non-binding, that uh, any uh, deposit that they put down was fully refundable if they pulled out of the deal or found something in due diligence. And did I expect any of them to make a half price offer? No. And if they asked me, should I make a half price offer? I would say I have uh, probably no doubts that the seller will never accept a half price offer, right? I, but I wanted to demonstrate it and I didn't want to telegraph any kind of information about what I thought the seller might accept. And so they kind of leave with a little bit of excitement, you know, like, wow, okay, so this is how you do it. And then I would also give them a blank one and I would say, you know, work out the numbers, take a look at the deal, take a look at the business profile, work on this at home. If you have any questions, give me a call. If there's a specific detail that you can't find that you think is important, let me know by email and I'll ask the seller and we'll, we'll get that sorted out. But work out what this is worth to you so that we can make an offer. And, and through setting them up like that, what I was able to do is get more buyers to make offers. Did they ever make full price offers? No. Did the sellers expect full price offers? No, right? Everyone got what they expected. The buyer made some kind of offer that was less than the asking price and the seller got that offer and I would always present it in a very excited fashion. I would always say, hey, I have great news. Someone is interested enough in your business and thinks that there's a future in it for them to the point that they took the time to make an offer and they're willing to put a deposit check if we can sort out the details, right? And this is exciting because selling a business is hard. It's really hard. You gotta find just the right buyer. They have to have everything lined up financially so that they can qualify for bank loans or whatever they need. This is exciting. And so back to the you know seller, maybe there's a counter offer back and forth. You bring them together and now both of them are looking forward to doing this deal. Is it done yet? No, of course not. Because once we've got that offer in place, now we have to get into a due diligence period and you're running around and you're getting things back and forth. But getting the offer is probably, you know, one of the hard, hard parts. Getting through due diligence is going to be the second thing that as a broker, you really don't control. 
because now you've got all these other experts like lawyers and, and accountants that may have different demands for bits of information. And you're, you're kind of facilitating the transfer of that data to get everything to everyone that who needs it for the evaluation. And then the final documentation has got to be sorted out between the two attorneys. And that has to be satisfactory to the buyer and the seller. But you keep that direct pipeline open between the buyer and the seller so that when their lawyers have some kind of loggerhead, that you can be the one that facilitates that back alley communication, which eventually can tell the lawyers, hey, you know, that point you're fighting about, that's not really as important as we think. Let's, let's let that go and let's get this deal closed. And so it's about paving the road or smoothing the pathway between the two parties. They're the ones that are going to close the deal. The buyer has to want the business and has to want to exchange money and incur debt in order to get the business. The seller has to be motivated to leave the business. They have to want to move on to the next thing. And they have to see that buyer as being a really fantastic choice as a successor to take over for the ownership of the business. And that's really what the broker does. The broker brings them together and lets them have a relationship. Um, I always know when I'm dealing, when, when one of my clients is dealing with someone who doesn't really know what they're doing, when they do things like they prevent interactivity between the two, the buyer and the seller, or they try to hold back information or, you know, they, they're, they're not doing that expectation setting work. Um, and very often this will come from people who get into business brokerage from a real estate background, because in real estate, you try to keep the buyer and seller apart because you don't want them to work out a deal that will cut out the commission right? I mean, let's be honest. That's what it's all about. But in business brokerage, you have to build a relationship between the buyer and the seller. They have to trust each other and they have to be confident in each other. And they're going to be working together after the deal closes, which, which means that throughout the transaction, you cannot end up in a place where, um, you know, it's a people are pointing the finger or getting angry at each other. And that's also part of what the broker does is they can kind of fall on the sword from time to time and, you know, accept responsibility for a miscommunication just so that relationship between the buyer and the seller can be preserved. Anyway, um, good luck with the job application next time. Um, hopefully it goes better. But um, if you're a business broker out there listening to this and you've got some other comments or something you want to add to what I've said, please put them down below in the comments. We'd love to see that. And um if you're trying to buy a business, as I always say, head over to businessbuyeradvantage.com. Um, and if you're just interested in this topic, make sure you sign up for my email list, okay? Uh, just go over to davidcbarnett.com. You'll find a place where you can sign up for my email list. I send out stuff every day. And with that, I'll see you next week. Cheers. So how can you learn more about buying, selling, financing, and managing small and medium-sized businesses? Easy. Go over to my blog site, davidcbarnett.com where you can learn more about me and how I work with my clients. You can learn more about my books and courses that I've prepared for you. You can find out how to subscribe to my email list, the YouTube playlists, and more. There's literally hundreds of hours of content there, all for free, and I'd love for you to be my guest. Special thanks go to Mark Willis at Lake Growth Financial, today's video sponsor. Mark helps people better manage their personal and business finances through the bank on yourself insurance strategy. This is something I've done personally and I've seen others use it successfully for years. Go to newbankingsolution.com to find all the interviews I've done with Mark and learn more about the advantages of these programs. 
While there, sign up for a free consultation to learn what this solution might look like for you.